Hello, listeners. Jess here. Have you heard our newest show, Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches? Winnie Taylor is just a teenager when her mother dies, sending her to Cleveland to reunite with her dad, a former football player. It's an inspirational story about sports, family, and learning to overcome the barriers that hold us back. Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches has something for everyone. Action-packed football games, a story about friendship, and a father-daughter story that will warm everyone's heart. I know you're going to love it. Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger, and welcome to The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. Jonathan, look out. What? What is it, Bebop? (laughs) I just want to make sure you're on your toes. Okay. And why, when I'm sitting down in our studio, should I be on my toes? Because I have begun planning season three of Bebop Tales, The Desolation of Messingham, and the story is going to get riveting. Going to get riveting? I thought you were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already riveting, but... I've just been getting really great emails from listeners, and I want to talk a little bit about them. Okay, like what? Well, like this email from six-year-old Anya, who wrote, Yay, Bebop, please make more episodes. Also, have you ever fought a volcano, lava, monster, living, chicken nugget, also known as a volcanug? A volcano, lava, monster, living, chicken nugget called a volcanug? There's no way you've ever fought a chicken nugget that's also a lava monster. That's right, Jonathan. I haven't, but I've fought something very close to it. You have? What? What could be close to a volcano, lava, monster, chicken nugget? Tune in to next season. Okay, okay, okay. And Anya's eight-year-old brother asked if I really invented laser shoes and monorails. So I think I covered the laser shoe controversy in the last season, am I right? I think so. But... As far as monorails go, I actually did invent them. However, not the train monorails that you think of. In my dimension, monorail means an entirely different thing. Well, what was that? Well, you'll have to listen to Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Frying Lava Nuggets and Spider Sales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Did you say Spider Sales? Turn into Nexus. Okay, nope, nope. Now, let's get back to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. If you remember what happened in the last episode, the explorers had accidentally freed dozens of a tiny monster called Mites from the well of the copycat aliens. And those Mites had become a Mite King, where they all got stuck together and were moving as one. And to make matters worse, Mr. Sparkles had picked Vale to go down into the well to read the inscription that would stop the Mike King. Okay, that's it. Get ready. Season 3, Episode 6, Mass Confusion. Guys, There's no way I'm going down into that well, said Vale. You're not seriously considering this. Please, tell me, you're not seriously considering this. 
Has the whole world gone crazy? Am I the only one who sees how insane it is to send me, your friend, one of your favorite people in the universe, down into a well where, for all we know, there are more of those Might King things? How can you even say that when you know there's almost no chance that I'm ever going to get out of there alive and I don't know what I'm going to do and you think that you can just... No one had actually said Vale should go down into the well. No one had actually said anything since Mr. Sparkles had produced the stone. No one had said anything because Vale had spent the entire time arguing his case for why he shouldn't go, and no one had been able to get a word in edgewise. Okay, Vale, we get it, said Abigail. You're scared of a little orange turtle. It's true that individually the mites were harmless, but Abigail was teasing Vale because what he was really scared of was the giant mite king in front of them, a hulking, multi-headed beast that was comprised of dozens of the little creatures all stuck together. They formed a frightening monster that none of the explorers were too pleased to face. Is the well really the only way to defeat it? Finn asked the copycat alien who had come out of his house. The plaque at the bottom of the well, yes, said the alien. Either that, or you can stop it by getting eaten by it. I don't think that counts, said Elias. Vale, the blue alien has spoken, said Meg. You must travel to the bottom of the well. I will go with you. I will fly you down there and illuminate the plaque. I love that plan, said Vale, except the part where I go with you. Why do you need me? These things probably don't like the taste of metal, and you can zoom down and then zoom back up. But it was decided that Vale would have to go. There was something about the stones, about the commands they were giving. The explorers felt like if they were going to get the adults back, they'd better listen to what Mr. Sparkles said, or what Mr. Sparkles vomited, as the case may be. But there was no way to get to the well with the Might King stalking toward the explorers. He was picking up more and more mites, who all seemed to mind melt as soon as they got attached. The writhing monster lurched toward the kids, who dove out of the way, scattering. The alien who had helped them yipped and jumped into his house, locking the door behind him. Okay, first things first, said Abigail. We need to stop this thing from growing. Paige, come here. Abigail and Paige whispered to each other and then dashed away from the monster toward the line of mites creeping up out of the well. Hey, mighty mites, yelled Paige. She waved a hand in their direction. How do you like the taste of fingers? She wiggled her fingers at the mites as though they were bait. Oh, I will eat those for an afternoon snack, cried one of the mini mites. No, those will be mine, yelled another. There's another ten of them over here, yelled Abigail, waving all of her fingers at the mites as well. The line had now broken off, and the small creatures were chasing after Abigail and Paige, who walked just quickly enough away to stay out of biting range. I knew Paige's ability to tease would come in handy someday, said Finn. Now if we could only... The Mike King jabbed at Finn, who jumped back just in time to keep from being bitten by 20 little mouths. It's pretty limber for a big, sticky, goopy, yeah, 
said Finn, as he dodged another attempt to bite him. Okay, okay, I'll stop talking. Vale, Elias, Finn, and Foggy were all now backing away from the Might King, but they didn't have too far to go. They were up against the house, and the creature began expanding. It almost formed a wall that started to encircle them, closing in. Foggy looked up, hoping to fly the explorers out. They were under the overhang of the building, and the Might King had begun closing in on them from the top as well. It was like they were being drawn into a massive cave with dozens and dozens of snapping mouths trying to eat them. This is it, said Vale. It's been nice knowing you guys. Thanks for everything. At least I didn't have to go into the well. Wait, said Foggy. I have an idea. Just go with me on this one. Foggy bent down low and began saying something to one of the mites near the bottom of the king. Hello there, little fellow. You're hungry, aren't you? The kids couldn't hear what the one mite was saying, but Foggy seemed happy with the response. And if you're so hungry, how are you going to be able to eat? If there's only a few of us, but so many of you, don't you deserve to save a bit for yourself? Foggy then stood up and began talking to another of the writhing mites. Hello there, little fellow, he said. But could you tell me what is 333 plus 334? Finn could see what Foggy was doing, trying to distract the individual mites so they would stop functioning as one brain, give them different ideas. He whispered Foggy's plan to Vale and Elias. Okay, let's do it, said Vale. And all of the explorers and Meg began speaking to the individual mites. And slowly, the Mite King started to lose its oneness. It began to collapse in on itself and spill down into a pile as the explorers kept talking to each mite individually. Okay, said Meg. Vale, it's now or never. Never is cool with me, said Vale. But Meg had already grabbed him by the waist and flowed him up over the mess of mites and straight to the well. Ah, let's get this over with, said Vale. Meg slowly lowered Vale down into the well. I am the creature from the... Hey, where do you think you're going? There were mites still climbing out, though not as many as before. And as Vale descended into the well, he decided he wasn't going to let little monsters like that intimidate him. He told Meg about how he had faced off against so many monsters and villains that these little turtle things weren't going to scare him. In fact, he was a new Vale, who wasn't going to be scared at all anymore. They reached the bottom of the well, and Vale saw the plaque in front of him. Meg lit it up so he could read it, and Vale reached out to clear the green scum that had formed over it, and... Ah! Vale screamed. What? said Meg. What is it, Vale? Nothing, he said. It was just gross. Okay, brave new Vale, can you please read the plaque? Vale read the words, shouting them up to the top of the well. Heroes who landed in here are braver than most, it's clear. Come back, mighty mites. Return, peaceful knights. There is now nothing to fear. Hey guys, did you hear that? It said I was braver than most. Vale waited, but nothing happened. Hey, come on. I said the words. 
I think, Vale, that you have to say it without bragging at the same time. Okay, fine, said Vale. And he repeated the poem, and immediately the bottom of the well began to fill with water. Uh-oh, Meg, we better get out of here. Meg grabbed onto Vale and flew him up out of the well. Meanwhile, hundreds of mites began funneling into the well, like a tornado being sucked down into the water. This made for an uncomfortable trip up, as Vale and Meg were pelted with angry mites flying past them. When they landed, there were the explorers, all there to give Vale a hug, thanking him for setting things right on the planet. And look, said Finn, Mr. Sparkles decided not to throw up in front of you this time. He gave us a new stone while you were down there, and it has the coordinates for where we need to go. He gave the rock to Vale, who stared down at the numbers and gave a sigh. Okay, well, let's get going, he said. We have to get all the adults back now, so you guys can tell my parents how brave I was. Am, you know, how brave I am. Yes, please. The explorers all turned around. It was the alien who had told them about the well. He and several others had approached as the mites disappeared. Please go and take that beacon baby with you. Beacon baby? said Abigail. You mean Mr. Sparkles? You mean Mr. Sparkles? They said. Oh no, said Elias. Oh no, they said. What do you think they mean by beacon baby? What do you think they mean by beacon baby? What do you think they mean by beacon baby? What do you think they mean by beacon baby? More aliens were coming into the square. What do you think they mean by beacon baby? What do you think they mean by beacon baby? What do you think they mean by beacon baby? What do you think they mean by beacon baby? What do you think they mean by beacon baby? The explorers gave up and headed back to their pod. All right, I am here with my son and editor, Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody, Griff. Hey, hi. Hello. All right. What did you think of the episode? Mm, between awesome and good. Okay, I'll take that. Between awesome and good. What did you think of Paige and Abigail distracting the mites? <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, it seems like Paige is really becoming a member of the team, huh? Yeah. You like her on the team? Yep. All right, cool. Okay, so do you have any questions for me? Hmm, I wonder where to find the parents on this planet. Oh, well, I don't think they're going to find them on this planet. I think they have to go to it. That the coordinates were for a new planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder where the Beacon Baby is. Yeah, what's the Beacon Baby? Well, Mr. Sparkles must be a Beacon Baby, right? Yeah. You know what a Beacon is? It's sort of like a guiding light. Like a lighthouse is a beacon for a, a ship. Okay. And so then that makes Mr. Sparkles kind of like the beacon baby because he's pointing them in what direction to go. <laughs> yeah. The question to my mind is, and maybe listeners are wondering this too, is Mr. Sparkles partly responsible for the adults disappearing? Oh, yeah. What do you think about that? Hmm. I'm not sure. Okay. Anything else you wanted to discuss? This episode kind of wraps up that village scene from A Wrinkle in Time. We're going to continue exploring A Wrinkle in Time in this season, but next episode is going to be inspired by a new book. Oh. Do you know what book it's going to be? We'll find out next week on the Alien Adventures no! <laughs> of Caspian. Okay. What time is it now, Griff? Jokes. We do jokes second. What time is it right now? 
Okay, art time. And here are our art chefs for this week. Thank you to Caleb, who's six, from Boise, Idaho. Zion, Anna, and Levi from DuPont, Washington. Samuel from San Diego, California. Liam, who's eight, from Hollis, New Hampshire. Siblings, Aaliyah and Zal. Urijah, who's six. Amelie, who's five, from Anchorage, Alaska. Noah, who's seven, who drew us an attack moth. Emerson, who's six, from New Orleans. Seamus, who's seven. And Gigi, who is about to turn five. Happy be early birthday, Gigi. Sage, who's six, who I think is from California, if I'm reading the writing on the artwork correctly. Quinn, who's four, who drew us Cratchy, Bebop's best friend. Hey, I thought I was Bebop's best friend. <laughs> Thank you very much, Quinn. Miles, who's five, from Brooklyn, New York. Sydney, who's eight, from Raleigh, North Carolina. Luke, who's eight, from Katy, Texas. And Isabel, who's five, from Maryville, Tennessee, who drew us a horse from Planet Beanie. All right. Thank you all so, so much for all of your art. And I want to say thank you to five-year-old Alex from Wellington, New Zealand, and seven-year-old Alex and five-year-old Evan from Norton, Massachusetts, for their sound club sound effects this week. They helped make the bubbling sound as the well filled with water. So thank you to Alex, Alex, and Evan. Okay, thank you everybody so much for all that art. That was awesome. And now it's time for... Oh, he did art already. (laughs) (laughs) It's joke time. And our jokes this week actually come from the city of Chicago, our hometown. These jokes come from Angel and Kayvon, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves and then tell you their jokes. Hi, my name is Angel and I am nine years old from Chicago, Illinois, and I have a joke for you. Where do astronauts leave their spaceships? At parking meteors. (laughs) (laughs) How do robots shave with a laser blade? (laughs) All right, that's a great joke. Laser blade, that's right up my alley. All right, and now let's hear from Kayvon. Hello, my name is Kayvon from Chicago, Illinois. And I'm eight, and I'm here to do a joke for you. Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know. How do you get a baby astronaut to sleep? You rock it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope Kayvon isn't putting any babies to sleep anytime soon. That was a loud punchline. Good work, Kayvon and Angel. Those are great jokes. Oh, so here's something I wanted to talk about. We're one week past Halloween now, but we had some really amazing listeners dress up as characters from our show. For Halloween. Awesome. Yeah, it is really awesome. So I wanted to say thank you to five-year-old Theo from Washington, D.C., who dressed up as Finn. Thank you to five-year-old Evan, who dressed up as Bebop. And two-year-old Sam, who dressed up as Foggy. Thank you, guys. They're from Seattle. And thank you to five-year-old Markwam from Milton, Massachusetts, and his mom. Markwam dressed up as Foggy, and his mom dressed up as Captain Isabel Caspian, Finn's mom. How cool is that? Cool. (laughs) Yeah. And then I want to say thanks to Silas, who's seven, from Auckland, New Zealand, who dressed up as Foggy, had everything in it, including a copy of Around the World in 80 Days to show where Foggy got his personality from. How cool is that? Awesome. That's right. Thank you so much to all of you who dressed up as characters from our show for Halloween. There is no greater compliment, I think, 
and very touched by it and love the costumes. And thank you to the parents for making them. Yep, thank you. And it's also super mega ultimate, super amazing, awesome. <laughs> Alright, high praise, high praise. Alright, Griff, anything else you want to talk about? And don't forget Sound Club. Don't forget Sound Club. Oh, and I do want to say that if you go to thincaspian.com, you can see those costumes on the site. There's a new blog post about it. All right, buddy. Why don't you say bye to everybody? Bye, bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Okay, thanks for coming back and having some more fun with us this week. And thanks to everyone who has sent in their art, their ideas, their jokes, their sounds, their questions. Lots of great stuff coming in. I really, really appreciate it. As I always say, it makes it so much fun to make this show. And be sure to tune in next week. Because if you thought the last puzzle was fun or interesting or difficult, well, it was. (laughs) And I don't know if the next one will be, but I think we'll have some fun next week for sure. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a Gen Z Kids production. Written and produced by Jonathan Messenger. Edited and guided by Griffin Messenger with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greber. Recently voted the Big Bang of Nice People. I don't really know what that means. Our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman. And for more information about the music, the art, everything about the show, check out the show notes. Thanks again for coming back and having some more fun with us this week. And we will see you next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, love a chicken nugget should be in jails. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Season 3. Hi everyone, I'm Jeremy. I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And we're we're a GZM family. And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature. I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies. Yeah! Three years ago, Brinley Pasternak helped the Anders family uncover the truth about Holiday's past. Now, she'll need them to help her find the truth about hers. Six Minutes Out of Time is the long-awaited sequel to the most downloaded family audio adventure in history. When Cyrus is found unconscious near the mysterious Elixir Academy in Florida, Brinley learns the school may have a shocking connection to her missing mother. All new episodes are available one week early and ad-free for GZM subscribers. Visit gzmshows.com to learn more.